In Matthew 3.16, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The book of Luke says it this way, You are my Son. The NIV says, This is my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. So in talking about and thinking about the Father's approval, first of all, we want to look at Jesus and how that He had His approval. Amen. Over and over again in the Word of God, for example, in Matthew 12, 19, on the Mount of Transfiguration, this, the Word of God says, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom I am well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will show judgment to the Gentiles. So we see this, that centuries and centuries before he was baptized... He said, the word of God says that the father was pleased with him. How many of you know he never changes? He is a God who declares the end from the beginning. And so we're reminded of this truth over and over again. Peter, looking back in 2 Peter 1.17 says, For he received from God the father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So, seeking the Father's pleasure is something that is hardwired in each and every one of us. I mean, the creation toward the Creator. We long for harmony. We long for unhindered fellowship. We long for the pleasure and the approval of our Heavenly Father. We crave it on the inside of us. Now the word approve or approval means to think well of. Your heavenly father thinks well of you. He thinks good thoughts toward you. Thoughts for your welfare to give you an expected end. Amen. Now today is Father's Day. And every child in the natural realm seeks the approval of their father. I can remember that as a child. I can remember that in high school, seeking the approval of my earthly father. Well, somebody said, I never had a father, or I never received the approval of my earthly father. The good news is this, you cannot say that now. If you are born again, you have a father. You have his approval. He thinks well of you. When you show up on the scene, he doesn't go, oh, brother. Oh, my goodness. What does Raul want now? My, my, oh, my, 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 my. There's Tony again. What in the world are we going to do with you? No, that's not our father's heart toward his kids. Our Father does not see us through the eyes of the flesh. He sees us through the eyes of the Spirit. He sees us through the blood covenant. He sees us through the Master's work. He sees us in Christ. He sees us as the righteousness of God in Christ. He sees us as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. 
Now, because he sees us like that, it's high time that we begin to see ourselves the same way. And a key to seeing yourself the same way as he does is to say about yourself what he has said. Because words will paint pictures. When you take God's word and apply it to the, to the center of your being, your heart, and you begin to speak it by believing and hooking up your speaker with your believer, you will begin to see yourself in a new way. You'll begin to see yourself overcoming. You'll begin to see yourself as the head not the tail above and not beneath amen so here's what happens this brings change this brings transformation in our lives you see in 2nd Corinthians 10 and verse 18 in the King James version it says for it's not he that commendeth himself that is approved but whom the Lord commendeth. Now the CEV translation says this, if we could pull that up. Let's read it together. Ready, read. You may brag about yourself, but the only approved that counts is the Lord's approval. The only approval that counts is whose approval? It's the Lord's approval. I'm just here to tell you, he's not unhappy with you. Oh, when you get the sense that he's pleased with you, you go outside and the sky looks bluer. You'll walk to your front lawn and the grass looks greener. Oh, I'm telling you, when you get a revelation that you are pre-approved by your Father which is in heaven, that you will begin to live in his pleasure, live in his approval, and you will live in his manifested love. Is that good news? Now, Brenda and I have been pastoring a few days. We've been pastoring a few days. And kind of our observation, it's not across the board, but many have this kind of attitude. Well, I guess you could never read enough. I guess you could never read your Bible enough. I guess you could never pray enough. You ever heard that phrase before? I guess you could never praise him enough. I guess you could never serve him enough. How many of you want to know what's wrong with that statement? Because it is wrong. I'll tell you why. Because it paints a picture that our Heavenly Father is unreasonable. And that he is unpleasable. He's not unreasonable. He is not unpleasable. It is the enemy's major league lie that man, no matter what you do, it'll never be enough. Say with me, my father is perfectly pleasable and he is not unreasonable. And see what happens, the enemy begins to take advantage of a person's sincere desire to please God. He will begin to pressure them with a religious spirit, a legalistic spirit. There's a spirit, you know, that will try to pass itself off as the Holy Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Anytime you're pressured, anytime you're under condemnation, anytime you're under compulsion and comparison, the enemy is at work. And so people then can live in a frantic state. Fearful of making a mistake. Fearful of missing God. Continually 
feeling like they're displeasing God and they don't measure up. The enemy comes along and tells them, you're not praying enough. You're not studying enough. You're not witnessing enough. You're not confessing enough. You're out of the will of God. And the list just goes on and on and on. And so some people just take this yoke of inferiority and accept themselves as inferior. And then some people get under the yoke of religious obsession and get into works and they get hyper-interactive and they're not enjoying their Christianity. i got a word for you today. Enjoy Jesus. Enjoy your Father. Enjoy your life. He is good and He wants you to have a sense of pleasure and delight in Him. You see, we need to know God's true nature to us. In the message translation of Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, it says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Say with me, his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. The Father approves of us. Listen to this statement. This is worth you coming to church today. Perfect performance is not a requirement to please the Father. Can I just say it one more time? I think I heard the organ tuning up. I'm not sure. Perfect performance is not a requirement for you to please your Heavenly Father. He knows that we only have 24 hours in a day. He knows we need to go to work. To wash our clothes, to do the dishes, to take care of our children. So does he really expect us to read a thousand chapters a day? Does he really expect us to be on our knees 24 hours a day? No. You may read a verse today. And if that's what's in your heart, and if your heart is perfect toward God, he's pleased with that. You may pray one prayer today. And if that's all you have in your heart and you do it with a pure heart, your Heavenly Father is pleased with that. And so don't let other Christians mean mug you. Don't let other Christians put you down. Because you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And don't let anybody judge you. You stand before Him. Oh, I think this is a good message. Amen. Now, here's one of the biggest cruxes of this message. We must not ignore that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God is looking at your heart. Say it with me. God's looking at my heart. So then, Pastor Mark, how in the world am I going to please Him? How am I going to please Him? The major key to pleasing Him is to please Him with a heart that is perfect. Now don't let that word perfect throw you. 
The word perfect does not mean flawless. The word perfect doesn't mean never making a mistake. The word perfect does not carry with it the thought of being a perfectionist. You know what a perfectionist is, don't you? Well, I think that's all we need to say about that. Well, God is not perfectionistic toward our walk with Him. You see, in 2 Corinthians, I believe, uh, 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 16 and verse 9, I want you to notice this verse, and I want you to read it with me and think about it. Ready, read. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward them. Stop right there. Whose heart is what? Whose heart is perfect toward Him. Now I looked that same verse up in several translations and the word perfect heart carries with it this thought. A heart that is loyal. How many of you know you can be loyal and not be flawless? Or a heart that is fully committed to Him. You can be fully committed to Him and yet not be flawless. I believe what God is looking for in the hearts of us here at Heart of the Bay is a loyal, wholehearted, fully committed, all-in heart of love toward Him. Somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Now, none of us will ever be perfect. We'll never be perfect in knowledge. We know in part, right? The day's coming when we'll know fully. We'll never be perfect in understanding. I mean, as knowledgeable as my wife is, she's not perfect in knowledge. As knowledgeable as you are, you're not perfect in it. You're not perfect in understanding. And we'll never, ever be perfect in performance. But I just dropped by to tell you today that that is not required by your Heavenly Father. Say with me, because He's not unreasonable. In spite of what we don't know, in spite of what we don't understand, in spite of where we have missed it in the past, and we may not even be aware that we missed it at the time, I'm telling you, your heart can be wholehearted toward Him. You know, you look in the Old Testament. How many of you read the Old Testament? It's in the Bible. You look at some kings, I mean, they did the right things, but the heart was wrong. And then you look at other kings, they did some dumb stuff. Anybody here ever done some dumb stuff? I mean, as muy stupido stuff? Notice I said that right, not stupido, stupido. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to Alvasania. What can I say? I'm going to Disneyland. Hey. Some kings, they had good hearts, but they messed up. It's possible to please him. You know, I look back at my life, and I think, oh, brother. I'm thinking, you know, you really, you really thought you were doing the right thing at the right time? But I look back and I say, oh, Lord. 
forgive me, forgive me, Lord. That was so stupid. That was so dumb. That was so ignorant. And I believe the Spirit of God says to all of us that are in that case, son, daughter, it's okay. Because all the while, I was looking at your heart. Even though your head was in another place. Even though your head was in left field. You are mine and I am yours. And I see your heart. And I see that it's loyal and committed to Him. And how many of you know that God will make up for your past mistakes? Come on somebody. He can turn your mistakes around. And He can turn it into a message for Him. Amen. How many of you have this testimony today? Even though you failed, even though you missed it, the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. I think we ought to raise our hands and shout for about 10 seconds. The mercy of God, it endures forever. (laughs) Come on, somebody laugh up in this house. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil drag you down because you've missed it and you have failed. Hallelujah. Let Jesus lift you. Let Jesus bless you. Let Jesus restore you. Let him give you more wisdom. Let him give you more understanding. Amen. (coughs) Say it with me. I have a perfect heart. Now listen. Now when it comes to our standing with God, he's fully pleased. You're... You are fully pleasing the Lord in Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's done what? Well, I'm trying to be blessed. You know, if I just pray enough, maybe I'll get blessed. What's wrong with that statement? You can't curse yourself when God's already blessed you. He's blessed us. He's blessed us. With what? With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I declare over your life that the blessing of the Lord is upon you. That you are the blessed coming in and you are the blessed coming out. I declare over you that you are so blessed that the blessed people call you blessed. Amen. Say it with me. I am so blessed that the blessed people are calling me blessed. So I call myself blessed. Blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. God said, like, be. And as a man of God, I say, blessing be on your life. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Blessings be. Be in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, yeah, that's me. Glory. Woo. 
God is looking for believers and God is looking for receivers. Football season is upon us. The NBA season is over with. Thank God. But when the quarterback for the Niners or for the Raiders goes back and he wants to pass, he's looking for an open receiver. And listen, God is looking for people that are open. That are open in their heart. That don't mind being enlarged and stretched down here and say, Lord, look no further. I'm a believer and I'm a receiver. And today is my receiving day. Learn the language of the blessed. The language of the blessed says, hey, hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Say to me, I'm so blessed that I'm rich. I have a full supply. I'm so blessed. The blessed people call me blessed. Well, I didn't know it was all there in verse 3, but that's good, isn't it? Now notice in verse 4, Ephesians 1, 3 and 4. According as he has chosen us in him. Before you chose him, he chose you. That means he loves you. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, According to the good pleasure of his will, read verse 6 with me, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't read it like he has made us accepted in the beloved. Let's read it like we're thrilled about it. Come on, ready, read. Wherein. He has made us accepted. You are not rejected. You are accepted. I don't care if the kids on the playground rejected you. God will never reject you. He always accepts you. I don't care if you applied for a job where 300 people applied and you were 299 not to get it. They may reject you, but God accepts you. His favor is upon you. It's going before you. The Father has you on His mind. Woo, hallelujah. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. I was under so much pressure as a senior in high school. You know, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. But now I have the mind of Christ. And I didn't do so well on my SATs. I just got to confess, my SAT was bad. They did it the morning after prom. I mean, come on, somebody. We were all hung over trying to what, say what, do what, half asleep. Try, you know what I'm saying. Trying to pass the SAT. And I wanted to get in college because I wanted to please my father. You know, I wanted to please my parents. And uh, so I had someone the next time, I had to repeat it, but I had someone take it for me pretending to be me. And the boy did too good. He did way too good. 
<laughs> and they looked at that and said, this couldn't be Mark Thomas. <laughs> so, so I can my dad was a salesman for Park Davis. Park Davis is a pharmaceutical company back in those days. They produced, you know, such a lot of different drugs. They had Myodec, different things. But he had a, we had a basement, and we grew up in Minnesota, and uh, we had three stories at our home. We had a basement, and the basement wasn't finished off, so my dad's office was in the furnace room. <laughs> and boy, when you got called down to the furnace room, something was up. <laughs> John L. Thomas, God bless him, in heaven today. Come on, shout if you got family in heaven right now. Shout if you got family. Hey, glory to God. Woo! My brother Tim's in heaven. He died at 54. We were very close, but I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see my brother Tim again. I'm going to see my sister Lucy again. I'm going to see my mama again. I'm going to see my daddy again. Glory to God. How many of you got folks you're going to see again? So I got called down to the furnace room, Raul. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And my dad said, well, they're wondering about uh, the score here. <laughs> And so I admitted it right away. And you know, my dad was so loving. He said, it's okay. He says, it's all good. You may not be able to get into the University of Minnesota, but you can get into a state college. You can get into a community college. My dad was just like that. You see, I was accepted by John L. Thomas. Even though the furnace room looked a little freaky, I got to admit it. <laughs> I can remember going home when I was at the, the very pit of my addiction when I had tracks in my arm and I was addicted to about $150 a day of heroin. I had nowhere to go, so I went home because I knew that my mom and my dad would not reject me. I knew they would try to help me. And no matter where you've been and what you've done and what mistakes you've made, don't you dare run from God when you've missed it. Run to your Heavenly Father. And you will find that he will be there with open arms, embracing you, saying, come on, prodigals, come on home. Here's my shoes, take them. Here's my robe. Here's a ring. Glory to God. This is my son that was dead, but now he's alive. And I was about dead. I was about dead. I weigh about 215 pounds now. I weighed about 140 then. I had hair down to here. I had tracks in my arm. I was a mess. I was bankrupt, spirit, soul, and body. But I went home. I said, I went home. I went home. And we had a different home back in those days. But I called my dad down to the basement where I was staying. And I said, Dad, here it is. And I showed him my arms. And I said, I've been living this way for a number of years. Can you help me? He didn't show me the door. He showed me the love of the Father. He showed me the love of the Father. And he took his place as an earthly father, demonstrating the love of the Father. And they did whatever they could to get me the help that I needed. And thank God, I got the help from heaven. I went to the right place at the right time. And God divinely connected me with the right people. Hallelujah.
Listen, friends, there are no rejects in God's eyes. There are only people that are pre-approved by my Father. Every one of us need to be that father. Whether you have children or not, be a father. Be a father to the younger generation. Be a father to the hurting. Be a father to the rejected. Let him know what he's done for you. And that he's no respecter of persons. And what he's done for one, he will do for all. Be a father. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a person that puts people down. Get right in their lives and bring them up. And when you do that, Jesus will raise people up. And he will do it through you. When it comes to our performance... Our performance doesn't cut it. It's like filthy rags. But he took our filthy rags and he took a robe of righteousness and he put it on us and he clothed us. You see, a willing heart, a wholehearted heart is what pleases him. In John 8 and verse 29... It says this, the end of the statement says, Jesus said, for I always do those things that please my Father. Now say that in your life over and over and over again. When you say that in faith, you please Him. Because when you please, when you use your faith, you please the Father. So if you will believe it and say it as a way of life, I always do those things that please my Father. You will set the course and set the direction in your life that you will get to a place in your life where you actually always do those things that please my Father. Say with me, I always do those things that please my Father. I always do those things that please my Father. You do not have to wait till you perform flawlessly and for Him to come and inspect it. You know, Jesus set in motion what he came from heaven to do. He said, I came to do the will of him that sent me. He said, my meat is to do his work and to finish his plan. Listen, before Jesus raised the dead, before he went to the cross, before he performed any miracles... Before he went about doing good and healing of all that were oppressed of the devil. Before any of that, his father says, this is my beloved son. And I am well pleased. And I just want you to know today that if you have an open heart and a willing heart, before anything happens in your life, before any performance of righteousness happens in your life, he's well pleased. In 2 Corinthians 8, 12, in the, in the New Living Translation, it says, Whatever you give is acceptable if you do it eagerly. And you give according to what you have, not what you don't have. 
Now that's true in the area of finances, but that's all true, also true with your heart. Have you got anything in your heart? Have you got a loyal heart? Have you got a committed heart? It's not so much the amount that counts. It's not so much what others have and what others do. It's what God has placed in your heart. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen very carefully. It's not a question of can God be pleased and can we please Him? The big question is this. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? The truth is, many are not. But how many of you want to be like Jesus? I said, how many of you want to be like Jesus? Then have a heart to do His will. Have a heart to please Him. Hallelujah. Have your food be to do His will. Here's what happens, guys. When you have this kind of open, committed heart, when you desire to do His will and to do His plan, this pleases Him. But not only does it please Him, it'll even cause your enemies to be at peace with you. You can't con Him. No matter what your past was like, but you can make the adjustment. And listen, here's what happens. When we all get on the same page of a loyal, committed heart, when we're willing and obedient, the good of the land just flat begins to track you down. I'm going to say it again. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You will not have to track the good of the land down on your own. The good of the land will track you down. He said, if you obey me diligently and hearken to the voice of the Lord my God, then all these blessings are going to come upon you. And they are going to overtake you. It's about my heart and it's about your heart. Are you ready to pray? Put your hand over your heart right now. And let's make this confession today. Jesus Christ, you are the Son of the living God. You died for my sins and you rose from the dead on my behalf. And I make this declaration this morning that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. Heavenly Father, I pray this like you mean it. I want to please you. Please forgive me of any unwillingness or of any stubbornness or any disobedience in my past. That is not my heart. I choose this Father's Day at 12.23 p.m. to do your will. And to follow in my master's footsteps. I confess today that you are not unreasonable. And you are not unpleasable. I am approved by my heavenly father. And I declare this morning. You are working in me. To will. And to do. Of all of your good pleasure. I say by faith. I always do what pleases you. Hallelujah. Did you know if you really meant that, that he's already pleased? 
because he's looking at your heart. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this today? Let's raise our hand and give God praise.